Welcome to the Elevated Performance Podcast. We are current physical therapy students dedicated to helping our listeners elevate themselves through school, business, and fitness. Let's level up. Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of the Elevated Performance Podcast. On this episode, we got a good friend of mine, Mr. Arthur Santana. How you doing, Arthur? Doing good. It's finally, it's awesome. good to be here, man. I've been listening to you guys a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, we're happy to have you on. And uh, just to start things off, uh, let's go ahead and have you just kind of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself just so they can get to know you a little better. So from, well, originally from Brazil, born in Brazil, uh, moved to New York when I was about five or six. Uh, basically, I was raised out there. And uh, been in Queens basically my whole life, and now just living in Arizona. Definitely going to New York. I just it's where the passion of basketball came from. So, yes, sir, Rucker. Hoops, <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, um, so yeah, like you said, you mentioned you uh, you played basketball. Uh, you got that passion. That's a that's a big culture thing in uh, New York City. Um, very very big powerhouse for for the game of basketball. Can you kind of tell us a little bit um, about your journey, uh, if you played college basketball and kind of how that went? Yeah, so uh, played high school in Queens. Uh, I wasn't big into AAU. I played a lot in like unlimited tournaments, which is uh, is basically no age limit. So I was 12 playing against grown men in these tournaments. It's very good experience. Got a chance to get stronger, better, faster, quicker than most. And then had a pretty good high school career. Uh, went to basically the finals twice. Never got a chance to win it. And then I ended up going the JUCO route. It just kind of happened. I was in a couple camps. Uh, certain circumstances made me take a year off of basketball after I graduated high school. A lot of situations like my coaches. So then I went to a camp that following summer and that's when I got offered to go play JUCO in uh, Wyoming. So I went to Eastern Wyoming Junior College for two years. And then from there, I went to Texas A&M International, which is a D2 in Laredo for the remainder of my two years. And finally got a chance to win the conference championship my last year. So we got a ring for that. That's very, yeah, I was very grateful for that. It worked very hard. Um, after that, ended up going to Brazil I had, matter of fact, I had a labrum tear in my right hip. So I was supposed to sit out for a year, came back in six months, ended up pooping in Brazil. And then right before COVID, I was out there and I retore that same hip, but nothing big enough to get surgery again, just rehab. I didn't know I tore it till I came back to the States. So I always tell people I'm kind of grateful for COVID. If not, if I would have had surgery, because I would have ended up playing on that hip. Uh, came back home, went to go see a doctor. He said I was torn again. And just told me the route, basically, I could take this many months to try to get it stronger and see how it feels. Or if I want to go back to playing right away, most likely be surgery. So my goal is to go back in the summertime, right in July. So that whole March to July, I was just trying to work. PT, rehab, trying to get it stronger. And it was getting there. I just didn't feel ready in July. 
So then I told my agent I wasn't going back yet. Then he gave me another deadline for September. I didn't feel ready. And then he had me, he had a team in Portugal that wanted me by Christmas. And by that time, I just kind of thought it wasn't worth it. You know, it was a long rehab process. I still couldn't jump the same or even squat. So I told him I was just going to hang it up, retire young, and uh, see what the next chapter brings. But it was a, it was the best choice I made because now I'm back to jumping, uh, lifting, like nothing happened. So no regrets on that. No regrets. I love it. Um, so it sounds like you had a pretty, you know, serious injury that kind of sidelined you. Um, real quick, what, do you, what, what, just so our listeners know, like how tall are you? Like what, what, uh, position do you play in basketball? So I'm six, three and at college and overseas, I played combos to one or the two point guard or shooting guard. Okay, six, yeah. three is not tall in basketball at all. So I was probably like the fourth shortest guy, you know? Yeah, so that's why you got to be quick. You got to be able to jump high. I mean, are you a big shooter? Like, you're hitting threes? You're hitting out there like Steph Curry hitting deep threes? Or Definitely not like Steph Curry. <laughs> I had a pretty good three-point percentage. Uh, I was more of a pull-up kind of guy. I hit the open shot, but I was definitely more trying to get in the paint, either pull up or dish it off. Okay, yeah, so more of a floor general. Yeah. I like it. Um, so... How how was the rehab process for you um, with that labral tear that you had? So it was, at first I thought it was my growing. So when it first happened, I just took time off. And I was like, you know what? Like I pulled my groin before. I know what I got to do. And it was getting better. So I'm like, okay, like I like this. It's getting stronger, it's getting better. And then it just hit a point where it just got worse really quick. So I went to a couple PTs. I went through a couple that didn't really know what they were doing, a couple that just had me with STEM and they were just trying to massage it out. And then I finally went to this doctor that he does surgery for a lot of the St. John's guys back home. And he did a couple of tests on me. He goes, it's not you're growing. And then he did like a hip test, I guess. And as soon as he put my leg in that position, I kind of just kicked him off of me. It was just very painful. So he had an idea of what it was, but he didn't want to say anything. Looking back at it now until I had the results come back. And then when it said that was it, I did PT in that office. And I'm grateful for this guy because when I did PT with him, he asked me what my goal was and if I was an athlete and I told him. So I probably did two weeks with him and he's like, look, I can't help you get to whatever level you need to get to. So I'm gonna recommend you to this guy. So he sent me off to this sports performance PT, really. They deal with a lot of boxers, basketball players, soccer, you name any sport, they deal with it. And that's when it was just, it took a turn. Like it just wasn't regular physical therapy. He put me to work and he helped me get back strong. He helped me get back to jumping and everything like that too. So it was definitely a long process of physical therapy. It wasn't just laying there and getting iced and stem like you put me to work taught me how to use my abs again how to fire my glutes because I couldn't really tighten my abs because the surgery on my hip the doctor told me to 
not lift anything heavy to where I have to tighten my core. Because I asked him, like, what can I do to work out? He says, no push-ups, no nothing. You just, all you have to do is just lift your, basically do, like, uh, hip hikes. He's like, that's the most workout you could do. So I definitely forgot how to turn on my muscles and even walk the same. So when I went to that sports performance physical therapy, it was just a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, went through a tough road. Um, it's unfortunate that some of those physical therapists initially, you had a misdiagnosis of a groin injury instead of a labral tear for a while and no one was able to catch it until you saw that one doc. So yeah, it's unfortunate that all those people didn't really catch the appropriate injury and you yeah. know, treat it effectively. Cause I'm sure that would have um, shortened your recovery time a lot if they caught it a lot earlier. And yeah, speaking to talking about, you know, doing stim and ice and massages and and you know little light exercises for 45 minutes to an hour it's like well if you're an athlete that's not going to cut it and even for plenty of regular people that's not going to cut it um, in terms of getting you back to where you were before so i'm glad that you found you know a great performance pt that was able to kind of put you through your paces uh, and get you strong and progressively load your body uh, especially that hip that leg region that core region so that now you're actually yeah. you know a lot closer to where you were before so that's great so kind of transitioning from playing basketball, what are you doing right now in um, Arizona? So right now I'm doing personal training at a wellness center. The situation I'm in, I've never seen like a facility like that. It's doctor owned. She's like a concierge doctor, so she doesn't really go through insurance. She, she's all about working out. 55 does not look 55. She's super fit. So she really like preaches, she does what she preaches basically. So she decided to make this facility about three years ago, just trying to find the right spot. Um, she has me, personal trainer. She has a physical therapist, massage therapist, hyperbaric chambers, uh, PBM, light therapy. She has a whole bunch of resources for these people. So instead of her telling them, you know, you need to work out, she goes, listen, you're coming in here and you're going to work out if you want to live a longer life, if you want to be healthy. So she really did this for her patients. She was on the verge of kind of retiring. And she just felt it wasn't right for her to just leave yet. She felt like she had more in the tank, more to do. So she opened this facility. Um, and I came across it. So when I came back home, uh, I went through that whole phase of just COVID and I was actually in Arizona first before I was able to get to New York because New York was a little crazy at that time. And then I came back to Arizona around July or beginning of August. And Arizona was kind of opening up. So I just, I'm not the type to just sit around. I was kind of getting bored and doing like garage workouts. I'm like, I need to find a job. I need to do something, train some kids, train whatever. So I just looked online and the, the job was there, the facility was there. I checked them out. I seen they had all these type of resources, doctors, nurses, all in one place. And I figured I apply. I figured it'd be a good situation for me to be in, learn a lot, meet a lot of uh, a lot of successful people just wanted to share all the information they, they went through, everything they've been through. So that's what I'm doing now, uh, working there and just, trying to 
do a couple like side gigs helping kids out and just going through that process that's awesome man um I love uh, your story in general. I think um, what you kind of bring light to is the the difficulties that ath- athletes go through um, with injuries. Like like you said, you know, uh, you had an injury that kind of forced you to stop playing basketball um, without the proper rehab. And there's a big mental component that goes behind that. Like it's hard to go through an injury. You know, you, as athletes, we want to get out there as fast as we can and not being able to do something that you've worked for your whole life, like, you know, play basketball, you know, you had a dream playing, you know, playing professional, playing overseas. And sometimes, you know, God just doesn't have that in, you know, in the, in the, in the cards and uh, being able to find something else that still ties you into um, that passion, that love, that grind and everything, I think is a, a very useful for listener just to, um, you know, just because one roadblock might might appear, that doesn't mean that, you know, there's not another way around, basically. So um, I think that's very cool. Um, now you say uh, you're doing personal training now. Was there like a, a special certification that you went and got? Or um, is it kind of something you just kind of grew into just from, you know, being a college athlete, being a professional athlete um, or that? So I did get certified. I didn't know this was the route that I was going to take. Um, every time I was home from college, the little breaks I got. So I'll help my coach, the one that he trained me since I was 12. I'll get my workout in, then I'll help him with other kids. And everything I learned in college, I was just trying to apply to these kids. I'm like, if they could learn it now at 10, 11 years old, and they're doing like these college workouts, college drills, learning how to do certain movements. By the time they get to a senior year in high school, they're going to be way above everybody else. So that's how I started doing it. Without knowing I was doing it, I was just trying to help these kids basically get through their workout. Um, when I got injured, I was looking at what could I do to work while rehabbing. So I got certified through through uh, NASM, they're like one of the biggest certification. They get certified from uh, US to different countries. Um, and I started training kids still, I was training kids for free, just trying to help them out. And then people I knew, so like my, my mom's friends was just reaching out, trying to work out and just it's like, hey, can you, can you do a workout in the park? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So I just tell them to go to a park that I was training the kids. As soon as I'm done training the kids, I'll go help train them. And then I ended up getting a job in the gym. And I was like, I don't know if I wanna if I wanna do this. Cause you know, the gym route, especially a big gym, I was they they definitely tax you with everything. It's like you put in a whole bunch of hours and you're trying to help these people out, but they're constantly trying to tell you how to run kind of like your business. And then they take like 80% of whatever the cost is. So you're working all these hours and kind of like, this isn't worth it. Like I'd rather be at the park training these kids than getting paid staying here. But I went through that for a while just cause it was something to do. But yeah, but it just ended up happening with, with the whole with the whole training part. Had a lot of coaches help me. So I'm like, might as well. That's very cool, man. 
And uh, I like uh, I like how you know you're talking about you know giving back to the kids and just kind of ha- having them learn from from you. Um, as somebody who grew up, you know, I, I, my family wasn't wealthy. My mom was a you know she raised me and my brother as a on a teacher salary, so we didn't have a lot of money to go to special camps or or training and everything. And like you were saying, growing up, um, you know, I learned a lot of the game of basketball not from you know getting one on one training or, or going to special camps or anything. It was playing like, you know, the big dogs coming up. Like when, when I was growing up, I, you know, I hooped at the YMCA with uh, Isaiah Thomas. He used to just, you know, bust me up all the time. Yeah. And that's how you get better. Like, uh, and that's, that's the thing a lot of um, kids have nowadays. They have so many different outlets to get help, like uh, online, like YouTube. YouTube is a great way to just kind of, you know, pick up the basketball and go learn drills. And like being able to uh, – just kind of pass down what you know and what you've learned, um, I think is very, uh, very awesome. And um, it's, it's, it's very needed, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of the, the, you know, like passing down the torch, basically, you know, helping the next generation grow and get better. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's what it's all about, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good feeling. For sure. And um, so, yeah, we basically uh, hit on what you're doing now. Um, and you talked about, yeah, you're working with uh, some kids and stuff. Is there any, like, particular projects that you have, um, you know, in the works or anything you want to talk about um, in the future or any plans for the future? So, yeah, I'm a big, a big plan I want to basically get done in the future. Uh, trying to work it now, just finding a group of people that's on the same page. And I've been fortunate enough to find that group of people. Um, like I said, my coach back home, he's like an uncle now, call him Uncle Ed. <laughs> he trained me since I was 12, never charged me a penny and was just willing to help me any way possible. Like whatever I needed, he was just there. And I felt like that was a big, a big reason for me to even play college. Cause I didn't think about anything like that. So he just looked at me one day and was like, you know what? Like, you could play in Brazil. And I was looking at him and I was like, yeah, I could play in Brazil. And then ever since then, that was just my goal to go play in Brazil. I was like, this is what I want to do. And just him looking at me and telling me those words, I was like, okay, like he thinks I could do it. You know, I believe him. And this is a guy that's trained a lot of like overseas NBA guys. Like I, I remember being young and just seeing like Mo Harkless in the gym. And I'm just looking at these guys like, oh shit. So for him to tell me that it meant a lot. Um, so that's basically what I'm just trying to do, just give back and figure out a way to help kids, you know, because there's a lot of kids that can't afford training or can't afford to be on a team. But then there's a lot of kids that are filthy rich, but they get taken advantage of. So dudes will charge them like 500 bucks and just have them sit in the corner and just like, I right, shoot the ball. You know, so it's not fair for either one. So that, that is a goal of mine and a goal of the uh, other guys that I'm with, you know, just trying to have camps or find a way to give back to these kids. That's more like a, a mentorship, you know. So we don't want to just, here's a free workout. We want to be able to, here's a workout. It's free, but we're going to teach you other things. It's not just basketball. You know, it's life and all this stuff. Because, like, going through the injuries, I was only depressed, like, two times, right, ever. And that was the first time I had to get surgery. Basketball is all I knew. I got surgery. I couldn't play. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? 
So I was like in a low phase, just didn't know what to do. I didn't want to leave the room. I didn't want to get up and crutch around. Thankfully, my girlfriend helped me get out of that. Second phase was when I re-injured myself from coming back from overseas. I remember I was just sitting on the couch. And I'm like, the hell am I going to do? As I got a short window here, I knew how long it took me to get back to jumping and all this stuff. So part of the reason we want to do with these kids is just teach them there's more things than just basketball. Like you make it to the NBA, that's great. Let's say you get hurt. What else do you like to do? Do you like art? Do you like music? Do you like business? So trying to do trying to do something like that. And like I said, I've been I've met a couple of people that's on the same page as me and they're all about helping, especially since they're from Arizona. They're all about helping this community. So we're just working and trying to figure out a way how to get that going. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, uh, excited for you and, uh, you know, the guys you're working with and, uh, you know, uh, what you guys have, have planned for the future. It sounds really cool. The aspect of, you know, really just uh, giving back to the community, helping kids out. And uh, I like that, you know, to teach them, you know, it, it, basketball is great. Like if you can really make it to the NBA, like that's awesome. Um, but for the reality, sad reality for, you know, most kids is, you know, that's not going to happen but there's a lot of other options out there going to play overseas is you know just as awesome as playing in the nba you know and if you have other passions it's it's okay to go go out and seek those other passions you know so um super excited yeah for your future man and the uh, the projects you have um uh, in store man looking 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 forward to those thank you yeah even even just playing in college that's a big accomplishment it's a lot of oh, guys that don't even get a chance percent whatever uh, level they're at you know like it's yeah, like i went practice, to practice player whatever yeah exactly like juco route is a lot of guys that don't make it past that i went d2 is a lot of guys that don't even get to play that so yeah. it's like it's it's insane there's a lot of talent out there too 100 yeah. percent, man and, and basketball is just getting more and more popular you know yeah it's, it's not dying off huh so um arthur arthur um when you talk about the training that you're doing with these kids, all three of us are basketball heads. So we can kind of get a little specific, like what kind of things are you doing? Are you running, running shooting drills, agility drills, or are you doing some strength training? Like what kind of things are you? So in New York during COVID, a lot of kids reached out to me and my coach because they didn't know what to do for workouts in New York. They took out every single hoop out the park. So that's all we really have. We don't really have gyms to go to like everything's outside. So every hoop was just taken down. And these kids are just like, yo, how am I going to get better for my next season? Like, I need to go to college. I'm about to be a junior in high school. I'm about to go into high school. So we started over there. And what we were doing was we we found, remember there was this big park in Flushing, Queens. Flushing Meadows is what it's called. Um, and there used to be two swimming pools there. So the swimming pools, it was probably like three feet, right? So the swimming pools, they haven't used it in years. And we figured that that could be a place to take the kids. And since there's no hoop, we could teach them how to dribble, work on some passing, work on some agility, get faster. So what we did, we set up probably like an hour of, you know, warming up and getting ready to do like some strength and conditioning. So we were limited to just bands and cones and ladders. So a lot of stuff we did was just body weight stuff and plyometrics. So 
a lot of ladders for footwork, cone drill, getting faster, uh, learning how to get sharp cuts. And because that's what basketball really is. It's just you run hard for about 10 seconds. You get to that spot. You kind of hang out for like five seconds. You sprint to another spot and you keep repeating that motion. So anything that related to that, working on defensive slides. So each we did it three times a week. Each day it was a different kind of uh strength and conditioning training. And then we went into the basketball portion where it was mainly ball handling, defense and passing. So it's it's insane how creative you could get when you have limited uh, amount of things. And it went out great. We started with about five kids. Then they told their friends next week was like 15 kids. And then it got up to about like 40 kids. And we was kind of looking around like, how are we going to be able to handle all of this? And, you know, still keep the COVID six feet away. And we had the parks, uh, people that work for the parks come by and there was very helpful. They was handing out masks and coming by and saying, I like what you guys are doing. And I like that you guys are making it safe. They're all spread out. So we went, that's basically what we were doing, just trying to find a way to still teach them basketball without having to shoot. And when you think about it, all kids want to do is shoot. So once you take away the hoop, they actually get to learn how to like fill in gaps. So we use cones to kind of make, uh, you know, the free throw line, like the little box and then make an arch for the three-point line. So they learn how to move without the ball. They learn how to move without shooting. So that was kind of helpful for them without them even knowing. But just just drills like that. And and then that's when I came back to Arizona, like at the end of um, July. So yeah, we made a we made like a Instagram account and everything, just trying to get the word out. And it was going good. It was going real good. Yeah. By the time I left, the hoops was back, was back up. So they started getting like some extra work in. So I love it. I love how creative you guys got using uh emptied out swimming pools. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you said, yeah, basketball, I mean, shooting's fun, but there's so much more to the game than just shooting, right? Um, so it's real cool that you worked on a lot of the other stuff as well uh, with those kids. Our famous last question that we ask every guest, um, it's what is your favorite workout or exercise? You can only choose one. I know there's a lot of great ones out there, but I need you to pick just one. Okay, just one. As Ryan knows this, um, I've been getting a little addicted with Olympic lifts. So I would say cleans. I've been, I've, I struggled a lot with cleans in the beginning. I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, it was, it was terrible. Uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. So now that I'm getting pretty good at it, that is probably my favorite lift. It takes a lot out of you. Me and Ryan was doing some cleans today and I kind of sure. looked at it and was like, holy crap, like I'm out of breath right now. <laughs> so I would say, I would say cleans, yeah, definitely cleans. I like it, man. Uh, like you said, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to trying to learn the Olympic lifts too, and I love the snatch. It, 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 I feel like it has a little more technique to it uh, than a clean. I think you can kind of finagle your way to uh, to get the weight up more on a definitely. Clean. Uh, <laughs> but I love them all, man. Like just learn them, and it's it's hard. Like everybody everybody at the gym, you know, you, you start hitting weights. You know, you get some experience. Um, you want to see a lot of weight on the bar. The things with these Olympic lift, it's all about technique, you know. So yeah. it doesn't matter how much you can lift; it's all about technique. And I think that's a 
that's kind of the problem with people, you know, they, uh, they're, they're all about, you know, the show and kind of, you know, Oh, I got, you know, three, four plates on da 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 da. But when your technique's trash, it, it doesn't do any good for you in the long run. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so Ryan goes to the gym that one of my friend owns. That's the okay, gym cool. he, he goes to. And I go there to work out. I train people all day. So if I don't go somewhere that holds me accountable, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm tired today. So I, I try to make it in every time I have a break or if I'm done early. And I mean, they helped me a lot. Um, they're one of the people that we're trying to get some of this stuff started with. But yeah, I remember techniques so bad. I started with like no weight. And then one week we just like really went hard to learn the technique and it just added so much more weight once the technique was down. Cause it's not, you know, you could, you could lift it, but to do it correctly, it's, it's just insane. So you feel so weak and you're like, you just gotta change your mindset. Like, no, I gotta do this right. Cause in the long run, in the long run, like you're gonna be able to pack on 80, 90 more pounds, just like this, because your technique is right. So it's one of those exercises. That's why I like it so much. It's very challenging. Definitely. Especially, yeah, to the novice lifter, like it, it's a difficult one to learn, but once you get it, it's uh, it's exciting. So yeah, shout out, yeah. shout out M1 Sports Performance, man. If uh, there you go. our listeners in Phoenix, go check that gym out. They got a couple of great trainers, Mick and Shane, teach you anything you need to know. So shout out M1. The goats, the gurus. The gurus. Yes, sir. <laughs> All righty, Arthur. Yes, thanks again for hopping on with us. We uh, we really appreciate you, um, you know, giving your, uh, your your story and everything. And I think uh, our listeners have a lot to gain from it. So thanks again, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, congrats again uh, for, guess, graduating PT school right past your boards. I heard that on one of the episodes. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm an official uh, licensed PT. So, yeah, yes, that's sir. Uh, it's it's fun to be here and it's fun to kind of be at that stage and now you know i got all of these things in front of me that i'm going for so i'm excited but yeah arthur thank you for being on thank you for um telling us your story and i think a lot of our listeners are going to benefit from listening to this episode thank you guys you guys have a good weekend man (laughs) you too Wow, another great episode by the RTC boys. Hit us up on Instagram at rtc.performance. Slide into those DMs, um, ask us questions, give us pointers, suggest topics, and we're all you know ready to listen. So we'll see you next week and have a good week.